0: Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Matthew. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Verse 24 says this, familiar passage of scripture, therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Rain came down, streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice it's like a foolish man who built his house on sand. Rain came down, streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great big crash. In Jesus' name. So, Father, I thank you for your word. We thank you that your word brings life, that your word is truth, that your word protects and encourages. Uh, it speaks to the, the, the depth of our hearts. It convicts us of sin. And it gives us a revelation of what you want to do in our hearts and lives. Of your love and grace. Of your vision for our lives. Let there be nothing in me that hinders this word. Open our ears to hear the voice of the Spirit today. Find every spirit of fear and intimidation. Just let there be freedom here today. And I thank you, you're going to speak. I thank you. We're going to hear the word of the Lord. There'd be a spirit of wisdom and revelation that we would hear the voice of the Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. I want to speak this morning on the subject family matters. I want to speak on this because I believe more than ever families are under attack. Whether it's because the culture we're living in, the shift in values in society, the media, the pace of life, the never-ending desire for more, more, more. All of this is putting an incredible amount of pressure on families. In the Old Testament, there were certain cultures and religions that would sacrifice their children. We would never even think, I mean, can you imagine? These people would take their children and sacrifice them to these gods, believing that something would come of it. Now we would never even think of doing something like that in our generation, would we? Yet because of our lifestyles, our choices, our mortgages, our wants. We are sacrificing our children, maybe not physically, but definitely emotionally and spiritually. The Bible says, do not move an ancient boundary stone set up by your ancestors. Solomon was saying that there are some values, principles, ways of doing life that should never, ever be moved. Don't move these ancient boundary stones. They've been set up by God for a purpose to protect. Don't move them. They are timeless principles that apply to every generation regardless of the era. Why is the Bible still relevant today? Because it's jam-packed with principles that still speak into our lives today. Same temptations that, that, that the generation of 2,000 years ago faced is the same temptations that we are facing today. Different package, same devil. And it's the same God that can still help us through whatever it is that we're facing. As a culture, I believe we're definitely moving some ancient boundary stones. There's no question that in society we are definitely moving some ancient boundary stones that were set up by God, especially when it relates to marriage and family. But my concern is not so much what's happening in the world. We know things are bad and uh, we, we know things are getting worse. Spoke to one of the Italians after the service and she said, you know, things are bad. Uh, and, and I said, and they're going to get worse. And she starts laughing. <laughs> uh, be encouraged, you know, things are bad and they're going to get worse, you know. Uh, be encouraged. i oh, so glad I went to church today. But the Bible tells us that in the last days, things are going to get worse. It's what the Bible says. And I know that things are going to get worse in the world. But what concerns me is that these same boundary stones are being moved in the church as well where we as christians no longer really believe the bible is the word of god when biblical values that are black and white are being questioned so the question for me is very quiet here already i can feel it how do we maintain family values in a changing society how do we build strong families that withstand the pressures of culture? How do we build a strong family, strong marriages in the year 2022? And to explore this topic, I want us to look at this passage of scripture that if you've been in church at all, you're going to know this scripture. I know that passage of scripture. And my prayer is that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to all of us today. Um, passage we read in our story is a story that Jesus told. It's about two men building houses. One is built on sand, one on rock. And then the wolf came and he blew and he blew and he blew the house down. Actually, it was the rain, the wind and the floods that came. And the one that was built on the rock stood while the other one collapsed and fell down. Jesus then says, Therefore, everyone who hears... These words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man that built his house on the rock. One of the ways that we ought to read scripture is not just read it as a verse, but just kind of stop and reflect. The Bible talks about meditating when we read scripture. So what you need to do as you look at a verse is you just need to stop and you've got to go, mm. No, not that kind of meditation. Just just need to stop and reflect on the verse. And, and what I like to do is just circle key words. All right, let me just stop in this verse. What are some key words? Therefore, everyone who hears, there, there we have it. It's a key word, is, is listening. Words of mine is probably another key phrase. Who's speaking? Jesus. And puts them into practice. It's not just hearing, I've circled practice, because it represents, it's not just hearing, it's putting them into practice is like a wise man i circled wise who builds his house on a rock jesus was obviously not speaking about foundations of houses he's speaking about life and and certainly uh, the principles that come out of here he's speaking about us building our lives on a strong foundation and what I want to do is kind of pull out some principles that I, that I believe could equally apply to, to family and also marriage. Two houses are built. One's built on a rock, one's built on a sand. Two, build, two builders, one is wise, one is foolish. Same circumstances. Rain, storms and wind, yet one stands and the other one collapses. Why is it that two families can go through the same circumstances and get different results? Why is it that two people can go through exactly the same circumstances and get completely different results? Jesus says it's all got to do with the foundation. And the question is how do we build strong families? How do we build on a strong foundation? There's a couple of principles I want to pull out and I I just pray they're going to speak to all of us and I know I'm slanting this message towards family and marriage but but equally this applies to us as individuals. Whether we we are married or, or not, it's the same principles could easily apply to all of us. First principle that I believe comes out of here is to build a strong family, we need to build a foundation for tough times. If we're going to build a strong family... We need to build a foundation for tough times. Jesus says, two men build a house, one built on the rock. When the rains fell and the flood came, the house stood firm. Whenever you build a house, the most important part of the house is the foundation. It's a no-brainer. Remember when Lena and I were looking for a house at one particular time? You go through that process. You go through the back in those days. It was the newspaper. You know, you circle all the places. You make a list. And, you know, and then you go searching for the houses. You know how it is. Found one house. Uh, it looked amazing on the outside. Great price. Great area. And, you know, you kind of think, oh, this could be the one. And uh, in my head already, I'm thinking, What's the catch? So sometimes you've got to do a drive past. I don't know if you've ever been looking for a house. You do the drive past and you, and you go, it looked amazing on the photograph and then you drive past and, hey, oh, that's disgusting, let's get out of here. Um, so we drive past, hey, it ticks that box as well. It looks amazing, a great street, looks really good. And so walk in to the house, first couple of rooms look good. Walk to the back of the house, the whole back of the house is leaning down, massive cracks through the walls. What was the problem? The problem was the foundation. And the house needed to be underpinned because there was something wrong with the foundation. Whenever you build a house, the most important part of that house is the foundation. And what's interesting is the foundation is built to withstand challenges. Foundation is built to withstand earthquakes, pressure, storms. So if and when those things happen, the house is going to stand. If a wolf comes and blows and blows on your house, it's going to withstand that. Now, this is a really basic principle. Yet yeah? for me, it's profound. No one ever builds a house thinking, "Well, there's going to be an earthquake next week, so I better I better prepare for it." No one, no one builds a house thinking, "Well, there's going to be a flood in a couple of years' time, or there's going to be an earthquake, unless you're in one of those kind of zones, and so you prepare, you know, more for that." But we we prepare for it anyway. We don't expect something bad to happen next year or the year after, or we wouldn't build there at all. But we prepare for it anyway. It's the same in marriage and in family. We need to make sure we build on a solid foundation that can withstand the hard times. We need to build a foundation that is going to be prepared for the hard times if and when they come. No one gets married and says, well, I'm expecting it to be a tough marriage, you know. We, 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 we never think that you know something bad is going to happen to us it's going to happen to the people sitting next to me people you know sitting in the balcony because you know you know they're the balcony people you know what i mean no. how hey, many people love the balcony people come on the balcony give me a wave it's great to have you up there hey, amen i wouldn't sit down here either. i'd be up there um you know it, it, the people they are oh, the bad things are going to happen to some people but not to us no one gets married and Things thinks, oh, I'm expecting a disaster with this marriage. Yep, yep, I'm expecting it. I'm expecting to be miserable. Yep, I'm going to get married and be miserable. We're going to give it a shot anyway. Most people are believing for the fairy tale, rose petals, romantic dinners, and lots of love, love, love. Reality is it's not always fine. There are seasons of challenges, difficult seasons. There are tough times. Jesus said, when the rains fell and the flood came, It doesn't say if the rains fell, if the floods come, if the winds beat on the house. It's when they come. And Jesus is saying, make sure you prepare for those times by having a solid foundation. By having a solid foundation. Be wise and make sure they're still in the foundation so that if the crisis comes, when the difficult seasons come, you're prepared. Wise people build a strong foundation. Wise people do not expect something bad to happen, but they prepare for it anyway. They understand something could happen, something could happen in the future. We don't know what's going to happen in 5, 10, 15, 20 years time. So let's make sure we build a solid foundation in our hearts and lives. Wise people build a strong foundation and they're continually checking the integrity of the foundation. They're continually looking for cracks. They're continually making sure that there's a solid foundation that's being built in their lives, in their family and in their home. They understand the potential threats and they invest in making time to to make sure the foundation is, is set and is safe. Can I hear an amen? It's an important principle. You know, I don't know in, in your home, but in, in my home, you know, they build the slab. They put the slab down. We had the privilege of building our own house at one stage. Put that slab down. And then I see cracks in the, in the concrete, you know. And you, you start to say, well, better watch these cracks because something, something, you know, might not be right. And we're watching. We're watching. So too in our own lives. We, we, we build a solid foundation to withstand the difficult times. Second thing we need to understand if we're going to build strong families is the threats to families. Jesus said the rain came down, streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against their house, yet it didn't fall. Jesus specifies three things that will test the strength of the foundations. And notice there are external forces, three external forces, the rains, the floods, and the wind. And I think it's important for us to understand What external forces will threaten the well-being of our homes? At least three of them. The first is the culture we're living in. You can write that down in your notes. The first is the culture we're living in. This is like the rains—the rains that soak everything in sight. Culture permeates our home, our society, our families, our marriages just like continuous rain has an eroding effect on a house our culture can have an eroding effect on our values our beliefs and the principles of god's word george gallup took a survey to find out the culture factors that are hurt a marriage and a family they include number one an alternative lifestyle there's mass confusion regarding what is a real marriage today and what is a real family it's no longer clear what is what is what and and, and what is a real family and what is a real marriage number two he says sexual immorality he talks about the vast majority of teenagers having premarital sex and couples living together before marriage men cheating on their wives women using an affair to boost their confidence that's the world's value system and that's the culture we're living in and if we think we're not being influenced in some way or another by some of these values then i think we're kidding ourselves it's like a drip 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 it's like a constant drip that's happening and what's 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 being questioned here is those ancient boundary stone and there's a and there's a, and there's the possibility that they can move thirdly it's the economy economic pressures materialism trying to get more and more people underestimate the incredible pressure that debt has on marriage and on families Marriage of ours should say, until debt will us do part. Mm-hmm. So how do, how do we respond to that? The Bible says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Be transformed with the renewing of your minds. We know that that particular verse. He's not talking about how we look or how we dress. He's talking about our value system. He's talking about our how we think. So often we we sit in front of the television and, and we we kind of just, just relax and just and, and just you know kind of let your guard down because you you want to be relaxed. When when we do that, when we let our guard down and when we relax, we are most open to change. We we are we are most open to to actually allowing um, our mindsets, our values to be changed. Every time I watch a movie or a show, I kind of watch it with you know, one eye open, kind of thinking, what kind of values are they trying to impose on my life? What's the message behind this? What are they trying to say? How are they trying to shift me? Because a lot of movies, they do have a message. They do have a name. They do have a purpose. And and I believe we need to watch it with one eye open. In psychology, one of the strategies that that we sometimes use... um, is, uh, you know, we all, we all hear about hypnosis and, and there's the, the crazy part of it, which I don't even know what, well, anyway, don't worry about that. But, but there's this kind of semi-hypnotic stage where, you, where what you do is you, you just, you just, you just, you just uh, calm the person, just relax, you just, just, you know, just go into a quiet place and just relax. And then you just begin to talk and, and it's in that kind of state where, where certain mindsets can be changed. It's a very powerful technique. And that's exactly what happens when we're in front of the television. It's where certain mindsets can be influenced and changed in our, in our hearts and in our lives. And if we think that's not happening, we're kidding ourselves. Advertising companies spend millions of dollars to try to change how we think and how we behave. And they don't, they don't spend that because it doesn't work, they spend it because it does work. So we have to be aware of the culture we're living in. It's like rain, it erodes God's value for the family. Second external pressure we should be aware of is the crisis we live through. In life, we have times when crises will come out of nowhere, the floods of adversity. We've experienced floods in our nation. We're in a short space of time, uh, you're up to your neck and you're wondering you know if you're gonna live. Maybe an accident, a bankruptcy, cancer, prolonged illness. We never expected this. We were doing just fine, then out of nowhere, our whole world fell apart. We have to be prepared for not only the rains of culture, but the floods of adversities, those situations that come out of nowhere and threaten our well-being. What will help us deal with the floods is having a solid foundation David in the Psalms uses this idea of floods to describe a challenging season in his life. He said, I sink in the miry depths where there is no uh, foothold. I have come into the deep waters. The floods engulf me. Over and over again, he uses the illustration to describe situations that came out of nowhere. Some of you are in a situation right now like that. Your Marriage is going through deep waters. Your family is going through deep waters. You're going through a situation that seems like it's going to engulf you. What do you do when you're in a in a marriage like that what do you do when when you've got a situation that seems like it's beyond your control what we need to do is remember what the word of god says to us but now this is what the lord says he created you jacob he who formed you israel do not fear for i have redeemed you i've summoned you by name you are mine when you pass through the waters i will be with you and when you pass through the rivers they will not sweep over you when you walk through the fire you will not be burned The flames will not set you ablaze for I am with you, says the Lord Almighty. Bible says no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. The word tempted is also the word trial or tested. You need to remember that God is going to see us through. A crisis is going to test the fabric and foundation of your faith, your family, your marriage. And it will either cause you to walk out or it'll cause you to walk through. Why why is building a strong foundation so, so important in our lives? Because we will go through crises in life. And what's going to help us through those crises is a solid foundation. Solid foundation. Thirdly, we also have the winds of change. It's the changes we live with. The fact is, our marriage, our family is always changing. It's dynamic. It's not static. When you get married, things change. When you have children, things change. Career changes. There's the empty nest, retirement. We change emotionally, intellectually, spiritually. And of course, we change physically just a little bit. We can resist change. You can deny change. Or you can embrace change and grow with it. Change can either cause your marriage to drift apart or it can bring it to a brand new level with new opportunities. Isaiah says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing something new. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Every every season has an opportunity. God has created the year with four different seasons. Every season has a purpose. Every season has an opportunity. I don't like winter, but winter is crucial. It has opportunities that are extremely important. Every season in our life has certain opportunities and it's either going to destroy us or we're going to be able to move to a different level. God says, see, I'm doing something new in your life. Don't you perceive it? Can't you see it? Three things that we need to be aware of. Three external forces that we need to be aware of that can threaten the foundation of our lives. This leads us to kind of ask the the third question or the third principle. We build a strong foundation by building on the word of God. Jesus makes it clear. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice... He's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. But everyone who hears these words, of, just in case we're not getting it, he then, he then describes the same opposite. And the reason why he does this is for emphasis. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't put him into practice, is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. Notice that both the foolish person and the wise person hear the word, but the difference is the wise person puts him into practice. James also says something similar. He says this, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Because there's a real danger that because we've heard the word, we've given assent to the word, we think we're actually putting it into practice. But those two things are completely different. Can I hear an amen? It's not just listen to the word. It's not just know the word. It's also Put it into practice. Actually, do what it says, because um, because the the where it has the power, it's in doing. So, how do we build on a solid foundation? We build it on Christ and His Word. And that might sound really simple, but this is a powerful principle that I believe more than ever in our generation, we need, we need to go back to some of the basics. Can I hear an amen? I, I, I believe as the church of Jesus Christ in our modern era, with all of our knowledge, with all of our understanding, with all of our books and Google and et cetera, et cetera, I believe we're, we're, we're drifting away from some of the essentials, the basics. It's like we need to go back to, 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 to you know, Christianity 101. Because I believe if it's one of the values that is slowly being eroded, it's the value for the word of God. We live in a generation today that thinks that we, we can pick and choose whatever, whatever, whatever is in this book. This is the Holy Bible. Amen. Can I hear an Amen. We preach the word of God because there's something powerful about this book. We're not, we're not, these are not my ideas. This is not my word. It's not my thoughts. It's not something I'm thinking during the week. This is the word of God. The church of Jesus Christ is built on the word of God. When when, when we we, we talk about here our values, you know, we have five values, G-R-E-A-T, want to be a great church. God, you know, our relationship with God is important. Relationships with with one another, excellence is is incredibly important. Have the right attitude. A is for attitude. T is for teamship. Together we can do so much. But then we have four foundational values, four values that form the foundation of this church. four, Four values that I believe are critical to building a great church. One of those is prayer. Without prayer, you know, we can do all the things we want to do, but without the presence of God, we are nothing. Prayer is one of the foundation uh, of the word of God. The third one is the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit, the dimension of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to to come amongst us, to guide and to lead and to direct everything that we're doing. Number four is people. We, we, We need people. What makes the church great is you. During the week when no one's in this building, it's a terrible, cold, ugly building. But what makes this building powerful is you. It's people like you and me. Had a workers' meeting on Wednesday night. Just amazing. Well, How many volunteer hours are spent every single week with people serving in some capacity. And the number two value, foundational value, is the preaching of the word of God. It's the preaching of the word of God. It's what, makes us, it's what makes the church powerful. It's the preaching of the word of God. The first, the first ever sermon that was preached was by Peter. Uh, um, church was birthed. Peter gets up and he begins to preach the word of God. He begins to preach about Jesus. And that, on that particular day, 3,000 people gave their life to Jesus Christ. It's not preaching people's ideas. It's preaching the word of God. There's something powerful about this book. There's something powerful about the principles of this book. And I, I, my concern is that as a society, and I'm talking about a, a Christian culture, we're drifting away from the power of this particular book. And it's no good us talking about this and that and the other thing and let's talk about the times that we're living in and, and let's talk about this and, and, you know, the pandemic and all this other. What's the point of talking about that if we don't have a foundation of the Word of God? I was challenged by Adam message a few weeks ago where he said, how do we live in a Babylonian culture? I tell you how we live. We need to be grounded in the word of God so that we can interpret the times that we're living in according to the principles of the word of God. The Bible says we must pay most careful attention therefore to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. We need to pay most careful attention to what we have heard so that we can put it into practice because if we don't, we will start to drift away. And all we need to do is look at the history of Israel and see how often they drift away and how quickly they drift away away from God. We're drifting away from the conviction that the Bible is the word of God. We're moving some ancient boundary stones set up in the word of God. Building a strong home is not hard. It's actually quite simple. It's built on the principles of the Word of God. Pastor, you know, the problem with us is we know too much. We know too much. Oh, you know, I know what can go wrong. I know this. Blah, 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 blah. I know the stages of development. I know. I know what they need. I know. I know this. How do, how do we do it? It's too much. It's actually not that hard. Just follow the principles of God's Word. God said to the people of Israel, "Oh, that you would obey me." So that it may go well with you. I can just imagine the heart of God. God is saying to the people of Israel, he's saying, listen, listen, listen. Here's the key. Just, just obey my word. I've put it in a book for you so that you can actually read it and know it and understand it and study it. It's all in this particular book. Oh, that you would obey me. Why? So that it may go well with you and not just you, but also your children, says the word of God. It's a generational gospel. Paul said to Timothy, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us. I don't like that when we are wrong. Any people love being corrected here? Amen. No one. And it teaches us to do what is right. Psalm 119, one of the shortest psalms in the Bible. Worth reading. It's the longest psalm in the Bible, Psalm 119. Come on, church, stay with me on this one. Psalm 119. Every verse talks about the power of God's word. Psalm 19 is a little bit shorter, and Psalm 19 talks about the value of God's word. And it says it's greater than gold, it's greater than, than, than the riches, it's going to help you, it's going to protect you, it's going to make you wise. By following the of God, principles of God's word, Psalm 19 says, there is great reward. A couple of values that I see that are being eroded in the church today. It's, it's going to go a little bit deeper. Is that all right? Just going just to share a few things that are on my heart and just pray that God speaks to us. But a couple of the values that I see eroding in the church today immorality is one of them. Where sex outside of marriage is just accepted. And I understand that people make mistakes and I and, and and certainly don't, am not, not talking about that at all. I mean, I mean people that know the word have grown up in church. Pe- people that know what the Bible says and are choosing a lifestyle that is not consistent with the word of God. The Bible is clear about this. And the Bible is clear that, that sex is not a sin at all, but it should be. It should be uh, dealt with in the context of a committed relationship in marriage, says the word of God. Another the value that I see being eroding in the church is the value for church itself. I understand COVID has contributed to this um, and people are happy to miss church. Watch it online, I'm tired, exhausted, had a tough week, just going to miss church. We've lost the underst- we've lost the understanding of the power of gathering together as the church of Jesus Christ. And I know COVID has contributed to this, but we need to be careful that we we, we don't we don't we, we, we lose the value of gathering together as the church of Jesus Christ. The Bible says this is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing because we need each other. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate the day of His dawning. We should gather together even more frequently, knowing what is to come. We need to understand that one of the great values that we can instill in our church is the value, for, in our children, sorry, is the value for prayer, the Word of God and, and the value for church. It's not hard. It is not hard. Pastor Joey, what are are the key values that we ought to instill in our lives? How do we build a strong foundation? I tell you how we build a strong foundation. We need to value prayer. We need to value the Word of God. We need to value the church of Jesus Christ. seems to me that sport is becoming more important than church. Work is becoming more important than church. Leisure is becoming more important than church. We have a generation that is losing the value, first in parents and then in children. Everybody okay? Just say it's going to be okay. To the person, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. We're going to get through this. All right, you got your seatbelt on? Yep, got one on. Okay. We live in a generation today where we want our kids to have every opportunity under the sun. I'm all for that. I'm all for that. We want to make sure that they miss out on nothing. Nothing wrong with that. It's the right thing to do as a parent. You want to give your children every single opportunity that they can possibly have. But not at the expense of biblical values. When when an opportunity clashes with a value of scripture, we should always choose the value of the word of God. Can I hear just a little amen somewhere? Come on, someone help me. Question is... Do our children have a grounding in their faith? Do they love the house of God? Because if they don't, when the storms come, when the floods come, when they go to school or university, if they don't have a grounding in the word of God, they will begin to drift away from their faith. Who cares if they become the next prime minister and are far from God? The responsibility for ensuring that the foundations of our homes are strong. Yes, the church is going to do its part, but ultimately rests with us as parents. Children spend more time at school watching TV on their phone than at home or at church. We get a couple of hours a week with kids. It's all we got. Real question is, who's building the foundation in our children's lives? Who? is building the foundations who is influencing the foundations of our children's lives our parents were simple migrants who loved Jesus they loved the bible and they believed the bible is the word of god not contains the word of god they believed the bible from cover to cover is the word of god from genesis to revelation and they built a spiritual foundation in their home on three simple principles love god that means pray they prayed. They believed in the power of prayer. They loved the Bible. That means they read it and they did what it said. If the Bible said it, they did it. And they loved church. That means there, is, there was never an excuse to miss out on church. Unless you're in hospital. Are you in hospital? No. Nope. Let's go to church. And we as a family, we went to every single service. Was it difficult at times? You better believe it was difficult at times. Was it boring at times? Yeah, maybe it was boring at some times. I'm I'm not going to deny that. We didn't have our glitzy youth programs like we have today. My goodness. Where they're having fun, having a great time. Are you kidding? We just rocked up. Songs, sermon. And then we went home. But I tell you what was happening. Tell you what was happening. Foundation was being built. Foundation was being constructed verse by verse, sermon by sermon, service by service, prayer meeting by prayer meeting. So much so that we got to a point where, we, where our parents' values suddenly became our values. Suddenly we started to do exactly the same thing, not because we were told it's just our life, it was our lifestyle. Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And parents, can I challenge you to give your children someone and something to imitate. Give your children a set of biblical values that they can take on as their own. Don't tell them, show them. Don't don't tell them what to do. It's not gonna make, it's gonna make a little bit of difference, but not as much as showing them what to do. One of the things I love seeing here at church, one of the things I love, Watching here at church at times, I see parents serving with their children. Their children like little sheep are following them around. It's, a, it's, it's one of the... We, we want our children to serve. Just serve. Bring them along with you. Show them what you do and they're going to think, well, this is just a normal lifestyle. It's what we do. It's what we do in our family. You want your children to read your Bible, read the Bible, read it with them, And let them see you reading the Bible. You want your children to pray? Show them that you pray and that you value prayer. You want your children to value the church of Jesus Christ? Then when we say, hey, next Wednesday, there's a prayer meeting. You just bring them along in the name of Jesus. Pastor Joe, they're going to be fidgety and they're just going to be this. And then they're going to be tired for school tomorrow. Hmm. We're okay with them being tired for school tomorrow if they've got such and such a practice or such and such a party or such and, such and such and such and such and such and such. But church, oh, they're going to be tired tomorrow. I won't bring them. I always used to be at the front ministry in some way. Lana was always at the back with the kids. And you know, they fidgety? Of course they were fidgety. i was not going to say what happened because it's not good. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> but you know, you're learning. Building a foundation. Who in their right mind would build a foundation without steel? Hey, let's save a few bucks. Come on, let's not put the rods in there. Just build it with concrete. It'll be be fine. Who would do that? No one would do that. So let's not do that for our children. Let's not build a foundation for their lives on a foundation that has no rods in it. Because when the tough times come, They're not going to stand. We build a strong foundation by building on the Word of God. Jesus said, if you want to build a strong home, build on a strong foundation. We don't build a strong foundation when we're going through a tough time. We build it way before it happens. Because we're ready for when it does. We're living in a time where the enemy is relentless. The enemy does not stop at trying to erode the foundation of our lives, our marriages, our families. I just wonder what kind of pressures are putting a strain on your family. Some of you maybe have drifted in your family, values, convictions, Maybe you're in some deep water at the moment. A crisis come out of nowhere. Navigating a season of change. Jesus said one man built his house on a rock and one on sand. What is the rock? What is the foundation of a stable home? Foundation for a stable home is Jesus Christ. It's a person. There's a hymn that says, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust In Jesus' name, on Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. When darkness seems to hide his face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor anchor holds within the veil. In Christ, the solid rock, I stand. Christ is the one that's going to give you the grace and the power To get through whatever storm you may go through. How can we make sure that Christ is the foundation of a home? Build your personal relationship with Christ. Pray that God will help you be the best husband, wife that you can be. Pray. Pray for your children. Make sure the Word of God has preeminence in your lives and in your home. Love God's house. Love God's house. Don't just attend God's house. Love, be, Be planted in the house of God. Attend a life group. Find a place to serve. Make every effort to ensure that Christ is the foundation of of your home so that when the tough times come, you will endure by His grace and for His glory. By His grace and for His glory. Ultimately, what helps us to endure the storms of life is the grace of God. It's the grace of God. Can we all stand together? Just turn to the person next to you say, that was a bit tough. But I think we needed to hear it, just say that. But it was good. Come on, you t- t- it was good though. It was really good. Really good. Can I hear an amen? amen? You know, as a pastor, I want to preach the word of God. I'm going to preach the word. <clears throat> you might have less people in church next Sunday. That's cool with me. I'm going to preach his word. I'm going to build a foundation on Christ and his word because I really believe that when we do that, we can experience life and life in abundance. In abundance. And God is going to see us through. Pastor Joe, I've made some mistakes. Who hasn't made some mistakes? Pastor Joe, I've sinned. I need to deal with this. Pastor Joe, we all need to deal. We all need to examine our hearts. We need to invite the Holy Spirit to search us. Use the word of God as a mirror and by his grace, confess our sins and say, by the grace of God, I'm going to serve the purposes of God. Repentance is about just changing the way we think. And our behavior follows changing the way we think. And I just pray that this is not a, it's not a, it's not a message to condemn anyone. It's just a, it's just a time to do an assessment and bring our lives back in tune with the word of God now I know the majority of you 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 love the word you believe the word you're practicing the word by the grace of God and I just want to encourage you to keep on doing that let's be everything that God has called us to be in Jesus name and so Father I just thank you for this congregation I thank you that your word is not just suggestions principles that lead to life pray speak to us not with condemnation the gentle conviction of the holy spirit that would help us to be everything that you've called us to be help us as parents to bring up our homes in the ways of the lord bind every work of the enemy every attack of the enemy in jesus name those going through a tough time right now just reach out by the spirit of god let your name be glorified i pray And this we pray and ask in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen Amen. and amen. God bless you. You have an awesome week. We'll see you back next week. Amen.